That gospel passage picks up right where we left off last Sunday in the sixth chapter of Luke. As we discussed last weekend, this is called the Sermon on the Plain. It's only in the sixth chapter of Luke, beginning with what we heard last week, and then the third part we'll hear next Sunday, that the gospel writer starts laying out in an extensive way some of the most important content of Jesus's teaching. Pretty safe to guess that particularly what we just heard, those are probably many separated, but all, all intertwined teachings of Jesus that he teaches over and over again in his public ministry. So if you enter into that passage this week, you're gonna find an awful lot, which is very good. There is so much teaching in there, and I believe it gets right to the heart of who Jesus is, right to the heart of what true love is. I expect that you will find it very challenging if you take it seriously. Maybe very challenging, or certainly it should be somewhat challenging to all of us. So please recall, when Jesus speaks those teachings 2,000 years ago, when Luke writes that gospel to early Christians, when we receive it today, hopefully the premise is we're sincerely trying to grow as disciples of Jesus. I am trying to grow, for real, as a disciple of Jesus. That reminds me that I hope to change this week. I hope to grow out of some of my sinfulness. I hope to grow in holiness. There should be growth. I actually really want to grow. So if you get challenged by anything or a lot in that passage, that's good if you're hoping to change. Please reopen that passage each day this week, read whatever you like, and just reflect on it. You can get it on our social media, or at the end of Mass, take a picture of the missalette, and you've got it in your phone for the rest of the week. Jesus understands fully well that many people in his time and place, just like many people in our city, live by a standard of reciprocation, meaning if a good is given to me, I return that good. If someone does good for me, then I accept an ethic in my life, a standard that I will do good. If you love me, I will love you. If you give to me, I will give to you. If you forgive me, I will forgive you. It's not that that's horrible, it's just very limited and it's measured out. It certainly affirms good, that's terrific, and it brings some standard of order into a world that can be horribly chaotic and really, really nasty, but it's very limited. So Jesus says to people 2,000 years ago and today, if you live that way, reciprocation, including love, you love me, I love you, there's no credit to you for that. The, wor ver the word, rather, in Greek translated credit there is there's no thanks to you for living that way from God or from other people because you're doing this out of a good sense of obligation. There's nothing, no big deal, there's no credit to you if you choose to live that way. Taking off from there, Jesus then opens up what true love is, what life is meant to be. And again, if this rocks you, or if it shakes you, blessed are you, it's supposed to. Jesus says, love your enemies, people who hate you, who curse you, who mistreat you, love them. And he gets very specific here. Doesn't say like them, why would you? He doesn't say hang out with them, why would you? He doesn't say make an excuse for their badness, that would be crazy. He says, do good to them, pray for them, 
bless them, and there's going to be more in a couple minutes, love your enemies. Then he says in there, when someone strikes you on one cheek, offer the other cheek as well. I don't like this. I mean, I don't like even hearing that. We'll come back to it. He says, when somebody takes your outer garment, don't withhold your inner garment. Okay, maybe I'll accept that one. He says, give to whoever asks of you. What? I am out of here. Give to whoever asks of you. I will come back to that. Do not demand back what is stolen from you. So I hope you might say, why would I do that? Why would I possibly live that way? And Jesus explains, because that's who God is. God loves and is kind to everyone, including the nastiest people on this planet. God is merciful to everybody, including the worst sinner who has offended you. We just sang that in the psalm. The Lord is kind and merciful. If I am trying to grow in God, which I say I am, then I should be imitating God's love. And at the heart of this, not that it all boils down to it, Jesus gives what we traditionally call the golden rule. Do to others what you would have them do to you. So honestly, what I would have others do to me is love me the way God does. That's what I would like all of you to do. You do that for others. So if you find this challenging, which again, I really hope you do, here are some thoughts to encourage you to accept the challenge of entering into this this week. Jesus says in that passage, be merciful just as your father is merciful. Good news, none of us is anywhere near as merciful as God the Father is. There is no person on this planet who is merciful just as God the Father. So clearly this is about growth. It's about growing into being more merciful. There is no expectation that any of us any morning is gonna wake up and be as merciful as God the Father is. But I can wake up and try to grow and act to grow in this. Jesus never says in that passage or anywhere else that this, well, he does actually, he doesn't say in that passage that this is easy. He says that his way is easy and his burden light compared to others. But he doesn't say this is going to be easy necessarily. At the extreme, I'm pointing to that crucifix, that is Jesus' living at the extreme, everything he teaches us about love. There is nothing easy about that passion, and it's the truth. Jesus also doesn't say in there that any of this is going to be excruciatingly difficult most of the time. To live those teachings is much easier, I have found, than I might think it is because I am stuck in my own head. Because I am so revolving around and around why I will never forgive you, I just don't even try. This is not as difficult as I often think it is. What I experience is, if I can accept all that teaching as coming from the Son of God, if I will not just dismiss it because I find it challenging or I don't get it, and if I live one situation one day at a time, that's how I reflect and make better choices and grow in virtue, one situation at a time. So I'll give you an example. When someone strikes you on the one cheek, offer the person the other. Well, does that mean I'm supposed to be bullied in the schoolyard? Of course not. That's a real life situation. Bullying is absolutely wrong. 
If someone gets bullied, we have to get at the bullying. But I still have to figure out how to turn the other cheek. To state the obvious, if more of us who have been bullied would also learn how to turn the other cheek, there would be fewer bullies in this world. Does that mean that the Ukrainians are just supposed to allow the Russians to invade? Of course not. They have an absolute moral obligation to defend their country. This is one situation at a time. But if the Ukrainians don't learn how to turn the other cheek after defending their country, they'll probably invade someone else themselves. Does this mean that we're supposed to turn the other cheek, accept abuse or mistreatment? Of course not. What turning the other cheek means is more like if I live in the love of Jesus, if I actually put it into practice, if I am working for him in this world, he lifts me above the nasty things that people do to me. If you haven't heard this lately, people are really nasty. People strike my cheek all the time. It's not usually physical, it's verbal, it's emotional, it's psychological. We live in a country on social media that is just striking one another cheeks morning, noon, and night. If I live as a disciple of Jesus, he allows me over time to let him be people's judge, let him settle accounts. He allows me over time to not be so concerned about my reputation and my name. If you disrespect me, who cares if you disrespect me? You disrespect me. Fine. He allows me, if I'm working for him, to realize that you're striking me on the cheek. I have a lot more important things to do than to worry about your striking me on the cheek. All of us can be in a room with three-year-olds, and the three-year-old can strike me on the cheek, and I can say to that three-year-old, go ahead, you don't harm me. It turns out you can do it with adults too. You are a very small person, go ahead, strike this one one situation at a time. Give to everyone who asks of you. So are you saying, Jesus, I'm gonna walk from church afterwards down to Market Basket. Are you saying I'm supposed to give money to every fentanyl addict I walk going down that road whom I encounter? Well, that would be crazy. I would never give money to a fentanyl addict. I'd be paying for that person's death. I would never think of doing that. But I, maybe I need to pay attention to that fentanyl addict who is asking. Or, okay, so today, this afternoon, I will walk through Lawrence. Is this what you're asking me, Jesus? Just the virtuous people, just the good people, whatever they ask me, I will give them. And then I'll end up living under the bridge by tonight. Of course he's not asking that. And by the way, under the bridge, there are a lot of fentanyl addicts who are, it's just too confusing. I believe what he is saying is take this teaching seriously. When I take it seriously, I start paying more attention to people whom I otherwise would love to dismiss. When I take this teaching seriously, I start to think, well, what does it mean to give to the fentanyl addict? What other than money could I give to that fentanyl addict? And we do this a lot as a community. It turns out when I take that teaching seriously, I do give more to people to whom I otherwise wouldn't give. I become a much more generous person. I become a much more magnanimous person, one situation at a time. So whatever is challenging in any of those teachings, also be sure you pay equal attention to the rewards. Jesus says if you live true love, if you grow in these teachings, you will be children of the Most High. 
In the first chapter of Luke, the angel Gabriel says to Mary, your child, Jesus, will be, will be the son of the Most High. If you and I make the choice to live Jesus' love, we will join him as children of the Most High. Now, and that's eternally, if we choose to live his love like him, we will become eternally children of God. It gets even more detailed in there and more about what loving your enemy is. Stop judging and you will not be judged. Stop condemning and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give gifts and you will have an abundance of gifts given to you. Clearly again, now and eternally, those rewards, not being judged, not being condemned, being forgiven, being given super abundant gifts. Wait, is he saying there is a connection between the way I choose to live his love and the way God will reward me? I do not like this at all because I'm me. I mean, I have faults. Six, the last time I counted, maybe five. I have five faults, but I certainly expect that God is gonna give me all the rewards that are available now and eternally. I certainly, ex maybe not you, I certainly expect God is going to overlook my limitations and give me all the rewards that are available. The measure with which you measure will in return be measured out to you. That is the ultimate eternal good news if we choose to love. Thank you for listening. To learn more and to get involved, go to stpatrickparish.com.